0: hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of total talk this is a uh an idea a podcast idea that I had for a while now and i um finally gotten the stuff together to uh to start making it um the main thing i i guess though you could start with uh what i kind of the ideas that I had for this uh this podcast it was mainly just to just talk about whatever uh topics are just kind of going on like in my mind at the moment you know just uh whether it be stuff about uh gaming stuff about esports stuff about uh athletic, traditional sports you know or even music you know things just like that things just whatever is you know kind of like just on my mind things that i'm just kind of interested in things that i'm kind of invested in you know and uh you know and yeah this for at least for the time being this can this is probably just be a solo podcast um i'm not too sure if we're gonna do if we're gonna do like maybe have some guests on or have some people on you know you guys can let me know if you guys want me to do uh want me to have guests and stuff like that but uh you know to help like cover up some of my uh some of my rusty public speaking issues but uh, yeah, we, we're going to we're going to keep these episodes. I want to say we're going to keep them kind of short. I'm going to keep try to keep them around an hour or so. We'll see. Man, we'll kind of see how that goes. But, you know, because, you know, and sometimes an hour can go a long time. Sometimes it sometimes it feels like it flies by. So we'll just kind of see how it goes. And, you know, this is going to be something that's just going to kind of adapt and maybe like, you know, adjust or change as it goes. But yeah, we're I'm, I'm excited to get started today. So I guess there's not I I kind of was debating on what I wanted to start with today, but I think today we're going to start with um some stories in uh start with some stories in esports. Uh the main one uh that I kind of wanted to start with was the uh recently I think it was I think it was back on, I think, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, the, um, the North American LCS, which is the, uh, League of Legends championship series, uh, recently, uh, put out a ruling on the owner of one of the teams in the league. Uh, was it Anthony Din or Reginald? There's a lot of people in the League of Legends scene know him, uh, I have the uh I have the article up in front of me. Um he ba- basically there was a lot of uh accusations against Reginald for um bullying and verbal abuse and things like that. So there was multiple uh investigations, internal investigations and league investigations and basically the league put out a statement saying that they have ruled that uh he uh he, that there'll be a $75,000 fine. Uh sensitivity training and executive training and Reginald will be on probation for the next two years and with an independent monitor to make sure that 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 probation is being followed so this is i'd say it's i'd say it's a kind of a big deal in the sense that this is the first time i think that this is the first time that riot over the span that tsm has been in the league and reginald has been the ownership ownership, owner of tsm since they've been an organization essentially this is the first time that I think I've seen Riot actually do something about uh, about the stuff that's been going on at TSM, which, you know, just so you guys know, all of this, like this verbal abuse and bullying stuff, there's a lot of uh, video evidence out there that shows that this has happened there, and that's just the stuff that's been on video. Nobody knows exactly what's been going on, you know, behind closed doors. You just hear stories and stuff like that from people who used to be at the organization and stuff like that but yeah it's ju- it's just weird to finally it's weird that they're finally like doing something about it now that there's now that there's outside pressure from other things like the uh like the players association the new players association and stuff like that and you know i guess it's i, I don't know if this is a too little too late uh scenario uh you know i just it's it's tough to really pinpoint you know because, I mean, I'm glad that that that's something... Like, there's at least really some kind of punishment for it. And there's some sort of... It's being put more into the light now. But... We'll have to see just how much the punishment actually, like... You know, it actually does anything. Just because, you know, in the past, Riot has, you know... Riot has made people... Has, like, full-on made people sell their their sell their spot in the league. Like, they made teams sell their spot in the league for things that are less than that are not even as egregious as this. So it's, uh, it's really tough to
1: I have to say how it's just going to go. You know, like the, this whole
0: article, it just goes into, it goes into all of the, it just goes into all the different stuff about like all the different things that they investigated, stuff like that. And they go through all the different, you know, rule sets
1: and stuff like that it's just kind of
0: tough to see if at first it was kind of like is that really going to be enough of a of a punishment and then you see reddit posts from tsm that they put out subsequently not just about the uh the stuff the going sub- around the organization but also they made recent tweets about their recent roster changes for their the legends team which um which has a lot of uh wording in there and a lot of uh a lot of phrasing that kind of throws like former players under the bus and stuff like that and doesn't really there's not a lot of accountability of the org itself in rosters not doing well you know and this is uh this is something that unfortunately in esports we see a lot of we see a lot of times where the players get thrown under the bus for things that are really come down to the org to maintain you know like if a player lacks motivation because you can't keep you can't keep a core five member roster together for long enough that's just going to be players are just going to naturally be demotivated for it and that comes that falls down to the org to try to maintain or try to get a set five players they can compete with yeah but uh, I mean that was like kind of the first main thing I mean there's just so much to the whole TSM thing like it it could be almost its own it could be almost its own podcast entirely where you you could just do a whole episode just like where you just go through every single thing that the League of Legends scene has done and it is uh it is mind-blowing for sure to see how much of it there is
1: But yeah,
0: I mean, like the as far as the community goes, I think the community uh, reaction, from what I've been reading, tends to think that there are some people that think that this isn't enough. Like people that basically are non-TSM fans think that this just isn't enough of a punishment. I think that there is. I think there is. I think it's. I think it's a decent punishment. I don't. It can't fully fix the problem, just because this problem is something that obviously it's been going on for. It's been going on for like close to, like, 10 years, I think. Because TSM has been part of the LCS since the LCS was formed uh, 10 years ago. And this kind of thing, this kind of culture at that organization has just kind of been like that for for a
2: long time now.
0: So it's very unfortunate to see. But, I mean, hopefully this kind of takes things in a direction to where, like, either there is a leadership change where, you know, you don't see Reginald anymore. Like, Reginald won't be a part of it anymore. Or we'll get to the point where maybe just like a culture... Just a a culture change in general would be nice to see. At least personally. Because I... I just want to see orgs that, you know, treat their players right and care about making good teams, you know, and stuff like that. Which TSM, TSM, it's like they've had good teams for a while, but they've just they don't really know exactly how to run an organization very well. So,
1: and let's see. I think the another
0: esports topic that I wanted to get into, at least a little bit. I probably talk about this other places too, but like in the uh, the in the uh, world of Valorant, the uh, the big story. They came in was uh the big popular streamer shroud uh joined the uh team Sentinels and he's going to be part of their uh roster going into the uh going into the Valorant Masters or, or no it's Valorant Champions I think It's either Valorant Masters or Valorant Champions uh last chance qualifier and he's, ba- he's basically joining a uh a lineup that had that used to have quite a bit of success they used to have quite a bit of success. It was, uh, you know, they had like probably arguably the best like individual skilled player in the game tens in it. They had a lot of former Counter Strike players in there, and you know, Shroud being a former Counter Strike professional player himself, he's played a lot of Valorant. You know, he's very very skilled at it. It was just one of those big moves. It was one of those ones where like, I don't really know why the organization. I mean, I can kind of see why the organization did it. stuff like that for Shroud and like for the perspective of Shroud, it's a win win because you still get the key. I assume I don't know the contract that he probably had with them, but I assume that he still does. He doesn't lose any of his streaming revenue. He still gets all of his streaming revenue and all that stuff. So nothing with his streaming changes. And like he gets he probably gets. So he probably gets some sort of payment from the organization for his time because he has to basically spend some time to like, you know, do practices and scrims and then actually go to tournaments. So and I also don't know how long this is going to last either. I don't know if this is just going to be for the last chance qualifier and possibly champions if uh, if they get to that point. But it was a move that like a lot of people didn't didn't see coming because a lot of people were wondering who Sentinels were going to pick up because they were talking about making roster changes for the longest time. Now they're going in with this very, um, with this big roster with a lot of noteworthy names on it. So I'm very curious to see uh, what becomes of this team. I don't. I it's kind of hard for me because like I'm not really in. I'm not fully into the Valorant scene, so I don't know for sure how this how I can rate this team. But like they're in North America, which right now is like one of the top regions in Valorant as far as uh as far as talent goes and as far as like the the amount of competitive teams that are in it there's so many there's so many competitive teams that are in valorant that that you could say are you know that you you could definitely say are more talented and then you can make arguments that are more talented so like teams like uh teams like optic teams like the guard uh teams like i think i can't remember if are north american or not and then you know teams like cloud nine uh there's phase hundred thieves there's so and like there's probably a lot of other teams i'm forgetting too like maybe Ghost or something like that but like there's a lot of teams in north america that can compete in this spot i don't even know exactly who all is in the um who's who's all in the valorant uh lcq
2: Let me
1: see if i can find it here it's gonna it's gonna take place in august i don't think there's anyone that's even i don't even know if there's anybody that's even on it yet because we're on we're on stage three right now i'm pretty sure because yeah right now
0: valor valorant masters uh, copenhagen is going on right now and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good teams that are in that one. Like there's like the NA, the NA teams right now are, okay. So X set was NA team. So X set and optic were the two NA participants.
1: So it was pretty good to see that. And we're in like a bunch of upper bracket matches and stuff like that
0: right now. So it's you know the valorant as an esport in general has uh been an esport that it's 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 growing it's kind of hard to it's kind of to say because they've had a lot of things that have stunted their growth over time just because they uh just because valorant if people if you know people don't remember valorant came literally was released during covid like during covid was starting to spike so they've had a lot of uh, they've had a lot of obstacles in their way that a lot of games uh, wouldn't have had on re- on release, and so far I think they've done a I think they've done a decent job with you know main with like keeping the game with con like keeping content in the game making trying to make constant changes to the game constant updates and fixes to things in the game as well as they're they keep they're doing the classic riot thing similar to League of Legends where they're constantly just adding new characters to things which can make things very complicated very quickly as we've seen with League of of Legends that's kind of one thing with Valorant I kind of wish that they wouldn't do I wish that they would space out adding characters They'd space them out more often just because League of Legends is at the point where I don't even know there's there's at least a hundred champions in that game and that just creates a lot of complexities because there's so many different there, you have to worry about each character's abilities and stuff like that and how they interact with every single other champion in the game so like there's naturally there's just going to be lots of like there's going to be lots of bugs lots of uh, things that probably shouldn't be happening and I think Valorant Valorant could end up going down that exact same road if it hasn't already it's kind of already in those kinds of places but uh, you know Valorant I think it has potential to be a good esport I don't think it's going to be one of the best esports I still think some of the best esports uh, currently are, you know, Counter-Strike and League of Legends just because of just uh, the size of them, the, the reputation that they've built up over time. So, it, you know, if we give Valorant around the same amount of time, it could maybe be in that conversation. But for now, I think it's still growing pretty decently. As far as an esport goes. And this is before they've even hit franchising yet. Because one thing, another thing about Riot Esports, they like to, they definitely like to do franchise leagues for things. And then, and they like to put it in each region. So like NA would have its own, has its own franchise league. Europe would have its own, like the European areas. And then, you know, um, like, you know, Korean areas or Japanese areas, stuff like that. Uh, those regions would have their own. And then those like, then like, you know, best teams from those regions go to international tournaments and compete against each other. That's kind of how League of Legends has been operating for a while. And I'm thinking that's, that's probably where we're going to get to with Valorant at some point. I don't know for sure when that's going to happen, but I mean, franchise leagues would be, it's nice in a sense, like franchising has its, has its ups and its downs. I mean, it's very stable as far as like, you know, building teams and notable teams and brands. Just because if you don't have franchising, obviously you do like systems kind of like they do in a, in a premier league football or soccer where there's uh, the bottom teams get relegated and they bring in new teams that can kind of lead to some uh, instability as far as like trying to like establish like noteworthy teams or brands. But like, I think as long as you, the, the good organizations that run, run well and have, and, and, you know, bring up good teams, those teams should never really have,
1: have to worry about being relegated too much.
0: But, you know, to get back to the whole topic of Shroud and Sentinels, this roster, at least, you know, to me, someone who's just kind of just more of a casual fan right now of Valorant, just looking at this roster, I think this roster can definitely compete well at LCQ. I don't know for sure because I, I tried to look it up. I couldn't find who all is even in it. But I'd like to think that that team can be good enough to at least compete for it. I don't know if they would make it out of LCQ just because even though there's a lot of like perf- like very experienced FPS players, we're getting to the point now with Valorant where the player base, like the floor is getting higher as far as like who can be like a professional Valorant player. The floor, like the, the bottom, like like the minimum like kind of like skill and mechanics you would have to have in game since you have to have, it's going up like it's getting like players are getting progressively better and better and better so that mean and because you know we're getting to the point now where like some players they never even played counter-strike like they're like they're only playing uh they're only playing valorant that's like the only shooter that they play and the only shooter they know how to play so that's gonna lead to a lot of really good really good players coming up so i can't wait to see how it goes honestly All right. But I mean, we'll we'll see how this Sentinels roster goes and how, what the Sentinels roster can do. I'm hoping that they can do well. Just because it'll be really nice for the scene. Really nice for the.
1: Uh, it'll be nice for the
0: scene. Nice for just Valorant as a whole to see like the really popular players do well. It brings a lot of exposure to it and stuff like that. And,
1: you know, hopefully we'll see some good stuff out of it.
0: But and let's see now. Maybe we shift something from from, you know, Riot Games esports to now to some other esports topics that I'm kind of it's kind of esports related. Some of these are just kind of more about the games itself. So big one that I want to talk about is uh halo infinite halo infinite now halo is a series that i have loved for most of my most of my uh, gaming life i you know didn't start i didn't start playing halos till later because i because i didn't know i didn't own an xbox for during my childhood so any, any times that i went over to a friend's house that had an xbox we were playing halo all the time we were playing so much like we were playing a bunch of halo ce lots of halo 2 lots of halo 3 it was a fun time to play those back in the day we did, like, we did like system links and stuff like that where we would, you know, we'd go to... We'd bring multiple Xboxes to somebody's house. We'd system link them, and then we'd have these big... These big free-for-all games, these big team games, stuff like that. It was really... It
2: was really, uh... It was a
1: really good time.
0: But, uh... Yeah, Halo Infinite has been... I guess rocky to say the least as it's been released I don't know what happened with it I assume that it's a game I have to assume that it's a game that it's been like most other games that have been released nowadays to where it's just been it's just been crunched and it's just been rushed and they and it wasn't given the time that it needed to make more of a polished game and that's something that's a bigger overarching issue that I could that we could talk about either today or another time but like when you rush a bunch of games like this and you do
1: you do all of these
0: you you just try to push all the stuff to get out by certain times and certain like certain like release windows you know like certain like around certain holidays certain times of the year you are in certain quarters you try to push these things out you're just going to get these inferior products that then the developers are just left to just put the pieces together on some of that is due to like the fault of like the publishers and stuff like that so like things like call of duty like a lot of that's kind of like falls on activision not exactly not necessarily the developers themselves but i think in the halo's case i really do i really do believe that they they are really like i think 343 really dropped the ball on this one as far as like sure even if it was like really crunched and stuff like that you could have done more i think you could have done a lot more to make the game like make the game more polished and feel better you know because the game like halo infinite at least in the multiplayer side of things has a lot of bugs um the gunfights are weird like compa- at least you know like from I, I I always take a lot of uh i always take a lot of things from like traditional or like from like older halo players people that have more experienced halo players than me just because like i didn't play too many of the halos like like extensively because you know i didn't own them the only halo the first halo that i owned was halo 4 and then I played... i sorry, Halo Reach, excuse me. I played a lot of Halo Reach, then Halo 4, and then I played some Halo 5. Didn't really enjoy Halo 5 too much. And then Infinite, we're in that point where, like, I want to love Infinite. Like, I really want to love playing it. And it it, it is fun at times, but then there's just other times where I'm just kind of like, dude, like, this game is just lacking. Like that, that, Like, in so many ways, the game is just lacking. And, like, you see you see like these posts like where like i'll scroll like i I just on twitter and i see posts about like how like oh um halo chief uh or halo uh master chief collection is gonna possibly be getting a vr like they like they're literally working on getting uh a vr mode for (laughs) for for Master Chief Collection, which is like all of the old Halo games remastered, I'm just kind of like, are you kidding me? Like they, like they're able to do this kind of stuff. They're able to potentially do this kind of stuff with Halo, like older Halo games, but like they can't give you, they can't give basic features and basic stability to their newest game, which is supposed to be a flagship title. Like Halo Infinite was supposed to be a flagship title, meaning that it was supposed to last a long time. It's supposed to be updates there's supposed to be stuff added to it. it's supposed to. It's, it's, it's a game that's supposed to adapt and last over multiple years, you know, until they make the next one. And it's just like, I just don't know I I'm, it, we're, we're at the point now where like I struggle to find out what exactly they can change. It would just take so much work to change it. There would be so much to it. You know and they're and it's getting to the point now where i went and went and saw uh numbers and stuff like that and apparently the uh apparently like halo is now on the same like at least according or at least on steam obviously i can't speak for console but on steam they had a relatively comparable uh player based numbers to battlefield 2042 and if people don't know battlefield 2042 is a game that massively fucking flopped on its release it massively fucking flopped so you're telling me a game that flopped on release that has slowly been trying to make itself at least a playable game is now on par with your game that was supposed to be this like it's supposed to be this big shooter that like had like that was supposed to like take over because like with battlefield falling short call of duty vanguard not performing very well at all being a being probably the worst call of duty that they've released like you had an opportunity to release a game that was going to be that could have been miles above the rest in terms of shooters and you'd basically be the best console like controller uh shooter you know it like out there right now instead you've put yourself now to the point where i think call of duty would probably be better at this point to play like if you were going to ask me between those three games to play halo would probably be like probably would be second i feel like i would say call of duty just because call of duty at least it fucking works like call of duty like sure like there's there's so many issues with like you know just gun balance movement mechanics are just fucking weird but like it's very it's at least stable it's bad but it's stable bad it's like it's 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 just it's consistently bad like halo it's just like you can't even like play it like you want to try to play ranked in in halo like you it's just not you're just not gonna have as much of a as good of a time with it there's it's hard to pinpoint areas that they really messed up in or that they really could work on you know it was a game that was going to have ranked like early on too like i don't think it had ranked on release but it brought ranked in really quickly that was something good that they did compared to other games like call of duty like always we'll get into that later but call of duty has their own issues it's just like really it's really
1: tough and like in like any time
0: and like 343 it's just it was just so weird because like it's just a it's the game just doesn't work very well. So then when you try to do go to the esports sides of things and you look at the Halo uh you look at the Halo competitive scene and it's just a stale game where it's just it's just the same stuff over and over again. Like there's no there's no creativity, there's no variation that teams can do. Like it's just like who it's just basically who can get these power weapons, get these like, you know, one or two power weapons and do really well with them. And who can basically get into these set spots to, f- to, you know, flip spawns and stuff like that. And who can use these mechanics, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, if people, people that play Halo know when the game released, there was just the one shot melee uh, mangler combo where you just shoot somebody with the mangler once, melee them, and then they're dead. Like, it's just instant stuff like that it's just been things that like and the and it just it didn't get fixed for months for months and it was just like it's just things that it, it makes the player base very frustrated it makes the pro players very frustrated and then you know if the pro players try to say anything about you know like how they're concerned about it or they don't like how the rank system works they don't like how these gun mechanics work they just get fined they just get fined and they get they just try to get silenced instead of just trying to fix these things and it's just ridiculous you know and some people have gone out there and said that halo infinite could possibly be like a killer for the franchise and i think i mean i'm not going to go as far as to say that it's going to kill the entire halo franchise but this is going to be this is this is a permanent stain that the halo series is never going to get rid of now this is going to be a this is this is going to be either the beginning of the end for this franchise or it's just going to be a forever dark stain and a black mark on this on what what has been one of the best game franchises of all time you know and it's it's very sad to see honestly because i was really i really was hoping that uh halo could do something different you know, and we'll just have to, we'll just have to wait and see. But, uh, let's see. I think for the next little topic that we'll do for a little bit, this, I think this episode is going to be primarily gaming stuff. I think once we get more into, once we get more into like football season, (coughs) excuse me, and the NBA season, we'll try to, uh, we'll try to do more stuff with, uh, With traditional sports and stuff like that, just like right now, the only traditional sports that are going on are like baseball and like maybe some like, I think, I don't know if it's Canadian football or some other like random minor football leagues, you know, so like it's going to, it's kind of tough. So I think right now we're just going to stick to a lot of gaming, a lot of esports related things because that's basically taking the place of some sports for me right now. Uh but yeah, I think we're gonna mo- transition from a another big one big console shooter to another. I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh Call of Duty Vanguard and specifically the uh the the CDL or the Call of Duty League. Uh the Call of Duty League while you know, it's it's kind of a shame because when they when they started this league, it was kind of at the it was kind of they started this league during the time because it used to be the COD World League uh, when it was owned by MLG. But then when Blizzard took over, that's kind of when that was also the beginning of when the game started to trend downward as far as like the quality of the games themselves. I mean, the first game I think the CDL had, I believe, was Modern Warfare like modern warfare 2019
1: i'm pretty sure that's when the game that 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 was the first title um
0: and you know there's supposed to be this big is this big franchise league because like because i mean before there wasn't franchised it wasn't a franchise league with spots the cod world league was essentially like you played your way into it i'm trying to think about when they started yeah they started in 2020 so essentially in in uh In the beginning of Modern Warfare, because Modern Warfare was released in late 2019. So the Call of Duty League started the uh the following year. Essentially owned by uh Activision and worked with uh worked with Blizzard in the sense because they followed kind of the they kind of followed the same model as Overwatch League did. Where they had uh where they have, you know, these franchise league spots where they're owned by like esports orgs and you know their uh, subsequent uh their subsequent uh investors you know so like like there's some teams that are like owned like 100 Thieves for example is owned by like the same team as the uh they're they have similar owners as the Cleveland Cavaliers stuff like that there's uh investments from uh you know professional like like traditional sports players and traditional sports teams stuff like that to like to help with like uh just basically help like give them money and stuff like that but uh they have all these different uh you know teams that are all city based so there's like so for example there's teams and there's a team uh in texas there's a team in atlanta georgia there's a team they tried to go international and have a team in london and paris uh, recently there was news that the team, uh, the team in Paris, the Paris Legion are now going to be moving to Las Vegas. So there's going to be a team there. Uh, there's a team in Toronto, uh, Seattle, basically just all these like major cities in North America and some in Europe, which is, you know, with falls similar to Overwatch leagues, uh, team sets, just that the, the amount of teams is just smaller. You know, and they're supposed to be this big league, these, these, you know, franchise roster spots that cost like $25 million to, to, to buy a spot in the league, stuff like that. And it started out decently just because the games were okay, you know, like, they, like the teams were just okay. It's kind of hard to, <laughs> it's kind of hard to say really just because, uh, It's, kind of, it's it's hard to say because, like, Modern Warfare 2019, it was a decent game. I don't think it was super bad. I think this is the only thing that, like, turned me off from those kinds of games specifically. It was Modern Warfare 14, I think, was the first game to introduce tack sprinting, which is essentially just, like, a, a short burst of an extra fast... Like a, it was, like, a short burst of a sprint, you know, instead of just, like, older Call of Duty games where you just press it and you just sprint. You know, like, you're not... You don't run out of breath or anything like that. You just kind of... You just you just run a little faster you know or you or you'd have a perk for that you know you'd have marathon perk or something like that to where you can run faster but ever since they added in tax printing there's this whole there's all these mechanics of uh inter- ended up subsequently introducing the mechanic of slide canceling which essentially is like you time your slide at certain times to reset your tax print so then you basically can just keep running and you can cover a lot of ground faster and you know professional players they you know they catch on to these mechanics and they just they just uh they just run with them you know like but that's that professional players are gonna do that and i don't mind that in a sense but then call of duty is a whether the developers in activision wants to admit it or not call of duty the call of duty community is is very closely tied to their competitive scene much like halo they're very tied to their competitive scene so like if something gets adopted in professional play it is going to be very much mimicked in the uh in most most of the casual player base you kind of notice this in Warzone, where a lot of the players, a lot of people that were known to play cod and a lot of people that, that did call of duty went to Warzone and, you know, do like use all these certain use, all these certain guns, do all this slide canceling and all this movement, and stuff like that. And then you start to start seeing everybody else doing it. You start seeing just casual players doing it to where like you're to where, like if you don't know how to slide cancel, you're just it, you're just forever going to be an inferior player in call of duty games. So, you know with all that with all that kind of stuff going on you'd think that and with with uh, how tied in they are you'd think that these kinds of games the these leagues would do better but it's just kind of like a league that's just and also again this also came out in 2020 so cdl's also been kind of they've kind of been handicapped a little bit by covid they've had a lot of their a lot of their events in modern warfare were online and some of cold war were also online it wasn't until the next the next game uh black ops cold war that we had some sort of resemblance of land tournaments you know and and now that and now that we're in uh we're in call of duty vanguard now uh, a lot of people you know they've had all of their major tournaments on land stuff like that now so you know we're getting back into more of the regular things this is how of more of like how the the c d l was supposed to look, but right now it's just been so much online online cod is far from far from good, it's far from good um and I think it's I think that's an aspect of quality of that's also gotten worse just because for some reason online play, at least on the professional level is just it, it's gotten more and more diluted over time where like now we just have issues with just like connecting to games and stuff like that games have had games have had to be restarted and stuff like that even on land games like people crash and they have to restart maps and stuff like that it's just very uh
1: it's very annoying unfortunately but uh yeah it's kind of
0: it's kind of tough to say but like right now they're doing the uh, they're doing one of their major tournaments, uh, which is their land tournaments. They're doing one in New York right now. They do it similarly, to, similarly to Overwatch League, where they have they have their tournaments at the various teams locations. So like right now, they're doing it in New York for the New York uh, subliners team. They had a major in Texas. They had a major in. Uh, oh, God, I think that major in Toronto, actually, which is a big deal. They actually had a. They actually had their first major in canada which was a pretty pretty big deal and it was actually a pretty good event so like land events for call of duty have always been good it's just they need to get back to having more of them you know like they like even if they do like because they've been doing all their regular league matches online and in my opinion they should try to find a centralized location it's kind of like they used to do like like cod world league used to do uh they used to do they used to have their league um where the, all the league matches would be played in uh they'd be played in Ohio I believe <laughs>
2: need a drink.
0: Sorry. But yeah, they had most of their matches in um, most of their matches in Ohio because it was just kind of a centralized location, and like you know, they would have it week to week or whatever like that. So they they would have like groups of teams that would come down and play like essentially round robin. They would all play each other, and I I feel like if they that, that Call of Duty should go to something similar to that, or if they can you know. Because I mean, COVID kind of makes that part harder, but I feel like if they can ever get to the point where they can bring at least some teams, if not all the teams, together to play league matches, at some point, even if it's even if it's somewhere else, like even if it's like in Texas or something like that, where a lot of the teams are located, a lot of the teams are located in Texas, just because of like server purposes, I think it'd be a lot better for like the league. It would help the league maintain, and also another big thing that I. harping on and just because and yes I, i i know i stream on twitch and stuff like that but this is this is there's no bias to twitch in this it's just i have been a fan of games esports specifically that can that will that can have streams on multiple platforms whenever team whenever uh esports go to specific streaming platforms for their matches I don't like, I've never been a fan of that. I've never been a fan of that ever. It's been a very, it's just, it's something that just, it just takes away from it, especially because like, why can't you just have it on both? I think that's why League of Legends, that's one thing that League of Legends specifically has done really well is they actually have streams on YouTube and they have streams on Twitch. And I think if you could get, if you can, if Call of Duty can get to be like that, Or you know uh halo can be like that any of the other esports really because riot for some reason was the first one to crack this i don't know why but like if you can have you know the stream on twitch and youtube that could only help like make it more accessible to people because i know there's i know there were so many people that wouldn't watch um that wouldn't watch counter strike matches back in the day because right because back in the day i think i think it was esl that had a like partnership or a, a, a brief contract with Facebook and there were people that strictly didn't watch just because they didn't want to go on to Facebook and while it is that kind of stubborn is that kind of being picky yeah it is And the if you really like the esport you'll watch it wherever but like I just think it just makes it more accessible personally like I mean like I'll watch I'll watch it wherever like I I go to watch CDL on YouTube if if it's still going on after we after recording this I'm probably gonna go watch some of the New York major but like I just think you need to make it more accessible to people you know like because there's because we're getting to the point now where we'll, we'll talk about this on another episode but like with YouTube growing as a streaming platform and Twitch being the big streaming platform that it is it just makes sense to have it on separate platforms because each one is gonna have you'll have viewership on each one but like i mean i feel like the point would be to just have the viewership numbers in total i feel like if you just centralize it into one place it's gonna take some people away especially if it's a place that's on youtube where as a streaming service they're doing they're getting a lot better but it still has a little bit of ways to go as far as like you know having that having that stability and having that reputation that twitch has so like i feel like if you have it on both it'll it would just make it it'd make it a lot easier to watch and make it a lot easier for people to watch to like catch all the games and stuff like that and plus like you know you'll, you'll you can get all the you can get all the vods and stuff like that like like youtube would be better because they can just straight up upload vods and they actually split it up into the individual match times and stuff like that so that's always good you know And twitch and like you and even if you couldn't do that you could just upload twitch vods to youtube like they made that so they made that transition so seamless now. So like I just don't really see how you can make that. <laughs> I don't I don't see how you can it just seems like a no-brainer to me, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's it seems like a no-brainer. I feel like you should be able to just do that, no
1: problem. You
0: know. Oh. But I mean, yeah, I mean Call of Duty and Halo two FPS titles that I've played for most of my, like I said, most of my gaming life. They're pretty much the only two FPS's that I played. And then that that had subsequent esports that I love to watch. Battlefield. Battlefield's probably my favorite FPS title, but it didn't really have a competitive scene. Speaking from experience as someone who has been in it for a little bit, there's not really much of a competitive scene for it. I wish that there was, but it's just kind of, it's just kind of Fallen oh, by the wayside. Halo for some reason just isn't there's not releasing any polished products and stuff like that. It's just not as good.
1: You know, and
0: um Call of Duty, it's like the it's a mix of like the of like the league, the esports league itself, not you know, probably making all the best decisions and and doing the best things to run it. And then also just the games aren't being good, like the products just not aren't good. The games are getting progressively worse, and you know a big I, I, one of the big reasons of that is Warzone. Like Call of Duty could be so much better. I it, it, I think Warzone did a lot of good and a lot of bad things. It was it was definitely a uh, it was definitely a poison chalice, in my opinion, because Warzone. It brought a lot of new players into the Call of Duty franchise because of you know it being a battle royale game and battle royales being so popular as they were at the time and still kind of are to an extent it brought in a lot of new players but at the same time it brought a lot of players in but a lot of they're not a lot of those players went and were just like oh man maybe I'll play some of this uh, some of this Call of Duty game or play some of this multiplayer like no I'm just gonna play warzone just only play warzone and like that and then then that brought then that that had some players for multiplayer move over to warzone because you know the multiplayer hasn't been doing well and the multiplayer is not getting any attention and it's going to get it's going to continue to not get any attention because of or as much because of warzone because warzone is the more popular thing naturally developers are going to going to try to put more resources into the thing that's making them the most money so it's just it's frustrating to see because like i mean i don't think warzone is warzone's not like a bad thing like the warzone can be a can be a fun game but it's a but and you know my opinions on battle on battle royale games is they just get fuck they just get fucking stale at some point and you can't do anything with them and you have to make all these you have to make the game more and more ridiculous just to get just to get some change like just to, like get some freshness to it and get some change to it. i mean look at fortnite fortnite had to Remove build completely just to just for them to get a little bit of a spike in excitement and player base for the game. So like those kinds of games just get stale at some point, and and I think you know they're just going to keep trying to put resources into it, you know, into Warzone and into Warzone Two when it comes out next year, and you know I think multiplayer is going to continue to suffer for it. It's a real shame because as someone who like who like casually enjoys you know war zone stuff like that like i don't hate it i just don't really it's just not not the thing that i play all all the time personally just that combined with you know uh just that combined with the fact that multiplayer is just going to suffer for it and it just it just sucks it's not it's not fun to not fun to think about but i'm hoping that that kind of thing maybe changes i'm hoping that multiplayer gets more attention And stuff like that or you know maybe if like new games that are gonna be coming out like x defiant and stuff like that and project midnight i think is the thing that dr disrespect is making um hopefully like those kinds of games come out at some point like and then maybe that maybe that'll change it up maybe there'll be some new maybe there'll be some fun new games you know to play but right now it's just right now it's just tough to see i'm just kind of hoping that these kind of things improve because you know those games are fun but uh, yeah, that's I think that's probably going to be it for me for this first episode. A lot of ranting today about esports and other things. Uh, we're going to try to do. I'm going to try to do episodes every week. It's going to be kind of tough because if there's like a, if, if there's not a lot going on that I want to talk about. like If there's not a lot going on that I want to talk about, uh, it's going to be kind of. uh, It's going to be tough to like put out weekly episodes and there's also going to be some other podcasts that I might try to to work on but I think for now we will try to I will try to get enough topics together to talk about for each episode but uh yeah I mean if you guys wanna if you guys just want to let me know if you guys have any topics that you guys kind of want want me to talk about as far as like you know uh gaming and uh, other stuff going on in that space you know if you guys want me to talk more about other games specifically you know you guys just kind of let me know uh I think this these episodes are going to go up on Spotify and then I'm also going to try to put them up on YouTube in some in some fashion so I'm hoping that we can get I'm hoping to get those uploaded there and then I'm also not sure if this is going to be an audio podcast only or if this is also going to end up being a video podcast at some point I don't know for sure um that's kind of things that are going to change and evolve as it goes but uh yeah pretty decent one today uh it went by kind of quick i did i just looked down and it's been we've been recording for about 50 minutes now and that's i kind of flew by so you know if 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 we can fly by like that just by talking about a couple different topics then you know maybe we will be able to maintain the uh, weekly episodes but uh yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, if you guys aren't already, make sure you guys are, you know, following the you know, liking and following the podcast when it comes up. And uh yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys for the next episode. And this I am Toytles and this was my Toytles Talk. See ya.